Hi, I'm Andy Moore, your Friday host of the 8 O'Clock Buzz. Thanks for spending your mornings with us. We love bringing you this blend of art and music and news and politics and, and more. In return, we ask that you spend a little to support this show. And it's easy. Go to wortfm.org slash donate. Forgiveness. Um, the word alone soothes. Uh, but what sets it into action? How does one dispense it? How does one receive it? What is a life without it? I, I think it's safe to say that the winter holidays will place people in the same room where a little forgiveness may be in order. And, and so I was delighted when someone who, among his fellow psychologists worldwide, who has been called the forgiveness trailblazer, agreed to come on the program. He's Robert Enright, Professor of Educational Psychology at UW-Madison. Good morning, Professor Enright, and thank you for joining us on the Friday Buzz. Thanks for having me, Andy. I hope this isn't an, an awkward place to begin, and maybe it's just because a few minutes ago we were immersed in, in, in the topic of, of killing, but do you believe there's anything that is unforgivable? I think there's nothing unforgivable, but there are many people who think there are lines in the sand. And I respect that. You see, some people will not forgive the murderer of a child. Marietta Yeager, J-A-E-G-E-R, did just that. because She said, without forgiveness, the hatred was destroying her own family. So she did it for her family, and it worked out well for them. You, you have four prongs to your work. One of them is called forgiveness therapy. What yes. is that, and, and how does it work? Forgiveness therapy is for those who've been traumatized by the injustices of others, and so they see how it compromises their own life, and then paradoxically and controversially, it, forgiveness therapy shines the light actually onto the one who did the bad stuff. And as the person sees the humanity in that person, it softens the heart, takes out that hatred and resentment that could pull down the client. And as the client actually starts having a little bit of compassion for the other as a person, not mm -hmm. because of what happened, mm -hmm. there is a tendency then for the hatred to turn quiet and for the anxiety and depression to go down and to start liking yourself again. Because one thing I find, Andy, when people are beaten down by other people, they tend to believe the lie. Huh. And they start not liking themselves. As they shine the light on the other, widen their lens of who the other is as a person, one reconstitutes a positive self-esteem even. And it seems like on both ends of the equation, how do you measure the efficacy of, of forgiveness in someone who receives it? Well, sometimes they don't want to receive it because they don't want to admit they're wrong. Mm -hmm. and so it takes a certain amount of humility, lowering the pride, knowing, yes, I've hurt someone. And then there's, what happens here is a second chance, not just for you to get rid of your own guilt, but a reestablished relationship. You see, forgiving has the, th I call it the forgiveness triangle, Forgiving, receiving forgiveness, and reconciling. But not all three components necessarily occur, and even if they don't, the one who forgives gets the benefit of emotional well-being, and we've seen it over and over in our research. 
Forgiveness scholar Robert Enright is a professor in the Educational Psychology Department at UW-Madison. Uh, pro- professor Enright, another, another prong of your work centers on the development of forgiveness education materials for children in violent and impoverished environments. You and your team have tested the effectiveness of this education approach in Belfast, Northern Ireland, and in, and in Seoul, Korea. What, what did you find? Well, what we tend to find, sadly, is when we start forgiveness education in conflict zones, children as young as age six already have anger levels that are close to what we call the clinical level, where a clinical psychologist looking at the average six-year-old in a Belfast school would be concerned for the well-being of that child. Think about that. Mm. The child's been on this earth for only six years, and they're already starting to develop a toxicity in the heart. Well, when we have forgiveness education, it's through stories where they might see Horton hears a who, Horton accepting those who are mean to him because a person is a person, no matter how small. (laughs) And we don't ask the children to engage in forgiveness therapy. They learn about forgiveness through stories. And you know what happens? Their anger level goes down to normal. So we're helping them to lead a normal life by simply listening to and enjoying stories about conflict and resolution through gentleness and mercy, because I'm concerned, think about it, if that, if that anger at age six is already at the clinical level, what's that going to be like at 16 or 26 or 56? Yeah. It looks like war could be imminent because of the heart, you see, and we're quieting the heart in the hope of creating a better world. More or less speaking of which, and then there's group forgiveness. What what makes this dynamic important and unique? That is hugely important. It's really the biggest thing on my heart, Andy, so it's interesting you tapped into that. Group forgiveness takes time to build up because it starts with individuals within themselves, then within their own family, within their own community, so they get more practiced and more masterful regarding what forgiveness is, which is to be good to those who aren't good to you without abandoning justice. You don't throw justice under the bus. You still strive for fairness. But it can build up from the individual heart to the family to the community where people just might begin to, as a group, meet with the other group where there has been civil war in the hope of quelling the injustices, because a United Nations expert told me that when there is entrenched war in communities and then there's peace, that peace usually lasts no more than 10 years. So what are we going to do about that? And the peace movement has yet to wake up to the idea that forgiving hearts should be part of the equation of dialogue, Mm. and they haven't caught on to that Mm. yet. And it wouldn't be that hard. Professor, I hope you'll forgive me for running over on, on our previous segments. We only have a couple of minutes uh, left, and sure. I want to I turn this into a practicum to take advantage of your presence here. Maybe you could give sure. us a crash course. For someone contemplating asking for forgiveness of another person in the coming weeks, what, what tips do you have for them? The big one would, first of all, ask yourself the question, have you been hurt by others, and how much hurt do you think you have relative to what the other person thinks you have? And in all likelihood, the person now seeking forgiveness 
when turning the tables and seeing how much they've been hurt, realizes this, you know, maybe I hurt this other person a lot more than I realize. That's the call to action. Then it requires to examine your own guilt, and there's a way out of that, by going to the person sincerely with remorse in the heart and using three little words. I am sorry, but here's the big deal with that. You have to give the other person time to adjust and not expect just because you're ready to have them forgive you that this person now will be ready. You have to wait for that person to grow into the idea of forgiving, and then it might work, and you're both set free. Oh. In, in just the, in the 20 or 30 seconds we have left, what would the world be like without forgiveness? Well, what did Gandhi tell us? If we keep taking an eye for an eye, the whole world will be blind. See, resentment in the heart can poison others. It's like a virus jumping from host to host, Hmm. where you can have anger existing in a culture for hundreds of years passed down, and people are obedient to that, and it's not helpful. Professor Robert Enright, thank you so much for spending time with us on this Friday morning. Absolutely. You take care, Andy. Thank you so much.